welcome back everyone to the Practicology Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to one and all. Matthew, do you and Esther celebrate Thanksgiving? Yes, well, we always enjoy at least a couple of Thanksgiving dinners. So this year there are three. Uh, and on Saturday evening just past, we had some immigrant friends in that we've gotten to know through our ESL Bible class work. We like to introduce them to a Canadian Thanksgiving turkey dinner. That's always an enjoyable part of Thanksgiving weekend for us. I love it. I love how uh, you're welcoming others into that that tradition and and using it to build relationships. That's wonderful. The last couple of years before COVID have been very busy Thanksgiving weekends for us. My brother-in-law and I have traveled to Alberta to Paradise Valley for a one day or a small Bible conference there, and then driven through the night to get back to Brandon in time for the Monday Thanksgiving conference. Usually this involved catching a few hours sleep in the Brandon Gospel Hall with our sleeping bags and getting out for breakfast Monday morning and then enjoying a day in the Word as well as a good Thanksgiving turkey dinner with the believers in Brandon and neighboring assemblies. Excellent. Well, it sounds action-packed, and I'm sure they have also been joy-filled, Mike. Of course, our friends south of the border will have very different Thanksgiving traditions. Their Thanksgiving Day is later on in the year. I think it's the third Thursday of November, perhaps? Yeah, doesn't their Thanksgiving Day go back to the pilgrims or something? Uh, let's see if I got it right. The pilgrims stepped off the Mayflower, stuffed themselves on turkey and pumpkin pie, and then settled down on the couch and watched NFL football. Isn't that right, Matthew? Sounds about right to me, at least that's what it seems like today from what I can perceive. But uh, why don't we just stick to the scriptures for the rest of this episode, Mike? Oh, that's a good nudge, brother. Thank you. I will do that. But we're wanting to have a little lighthearted fun at times with this one. And in that spirit, Matthew, uh, when you think of the topic of thankfulness, is there a particular book in the Bible or a passage that you think of right away? Yeah, well, right away, what comes to my mind are the words of 1 Thessalonians 5, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Right. So the will of God is for us to be thankful. And yeah. the truth is there are verses permeating through the whole Bible about thanksgiving. It just is the right response for creatures like us to give to our God. But when I think of thanksgiving this year, at least, I my mind went to a store in Banff, um, it's a, a Christmas store. It's called the Spirit of Christmas. And year-round customers can shop for Christmas there. And I've been thinking that Paul's letter to the Colossians is like the Bible's Thanksgiving store. Paul mentions Thanksgiving over and over in this small letter. And it's open year-round. You can enjoy the sights and sounds and smells of Thanksgiving all year in this special little book of Colossians. Excellent point, Mike. I'm guessing that as soon as you enter that Christmas store that you spoke of in Banff, you can probably tell it's a Christmas store. There are likely some Christmas songs playing, Christmas carols, and uh, probably some certain aromas in the air as well. And I notice it's the same with this letter of Colossians that you pointed out, Mike. Not that there's a an aroma from the page, but there is an aroma of thanksgiving. As soon as you walk in this door of Colossians, Notice in verse number three, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Yeah, that's right, Matthew. And can I just ask you to take another step or two into this store, if you will, and uh, point us out to the next mention of Thanksgiving. Okay, a quick scan down the page. Uh, verse 12, giving thanks. Is that the next one, Mike? That's right. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. 
Yes. And if your eyes are good and you can read the ESV footnote there, Matthew, it says another way of translating this is the, the little with joy part at the end of verse 11 might actually belong at the beginning of verse 12. And this is just a, a case of how you translate the Greek. In fact, I'm convinced that this is actually the way it should be, be put if you look at the structure in Greek. And so the Christian Standard Bible, for instance, along with other translations, renders this as joyfully giving thanks. So let's put it this way, with joy giving thanks. In other words, happy thanksgiving. Ah, I see what you've done there. Good. And I do appreciate you pointing that out, Mike. Uh, joyful giving thanks is a lovely rendering and pointing out that in the Greek text, joy and thanksgiving go together because that is certainly true in our lives. Uh, when we are thankful, we are happier. We have more joy. And when we're ungrateful, we tend to be a little miserable, maybe a little bitter. Yeah, I totally agree. So I thought we'd look together at how we can have a happy Thanksgiving, whether on Canada, thanks, Canadian Thanksgiving or American Thanksgiving or any other day of the year. And I believe this passage gives us the recipe for a very happy Thanksgiving. It gives us three secret ingredients. And the first one is this. First, a knowledge of who to thank. A knowledge of who to thank. We need to know who to thank. We need someone to say thank you to. And this is a much bigger deal than maybe it sounds at first. Al Mohler has mentioned this many times on his podcast called The Briefing. He, he speaks of an apologetic of thanksgiving, an argument for the existence of a loving, generous God based on our desire to thank somebody. It's true that in Romans 1, Paul says our fundamental sin before we're saved is that we don't give thanks to God. But it does seem that part of God's working in many unsaved people is to awaken a sense of thankfulness in them. When the CAA driver opens our locked car door on a freezing cold day, we want to thank him. If someone enjoys an exceptional meal, they want to know who the, the chef is so that they can thank him. And there's a sense in many that goes like this, who can I thank for being alive? I'm so thankful I'm alive. Who, who can I say thank you to? Who can I thank that our country isn't at war right now? Who can I thank for giving me a family, for giving me work, for giving me food? I once listened to the audiobook of Andrew Clavin's conversion. Clavin was a secular agnostic Jewish writer, and he went through plenty of hard times, but he experienced many good turns in his life too. And they were gifts, gifts, happy gifts in his life. And who could he thank? And he describes a major turning point in his life this way. He was, he was going to bed reading one of Patrick O'Brien's great naval novels. And, and he, he finished at a part where the ship's surgeon, Stephen Maturin, prayed briefly before going to sleep himself. And, and Clavin thought, if Maturin can pray, then so can I. And, and this is what Clavin says. As I closed my eyes, I thought very quickly of the people I loved, tucked up in their beds all around me. I thought of the life I had, a life of writing and family and traveling the world, the life I'd always longed for. I thought of the happiness and sanity and inner peace I'd never expected and which was still such a daily visceral pleasure to me. And I prayed, I prayed, thank you, God. And then, like Maturin, I fell asleep. And this marked the turning point in this man's coming to faith in Christ. But let's think of us who are already believers. We know the one to whom thanks is due. What does our text in Colossians say? With joy, giving thanks to the Father. Clavin said, thank you, God, that's good. 
But by grace, we can have an even happier Thanksgiving because we know that God is our Father. And remember what James wrote in in chapter 1, verse 17 of his letter. He said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Who do all the gifts we've been showered with come from? From our Father in heaven. They are his gifts of love to us, and our joy in them is completed when we come full circle, when we let the goodness of the gifts stir deep appreciation in our hearts so that we come back to him and say, thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. What a blessing to be able to call God our Father. Your Andrew Clavin story reminds me of the words, I think it was G.K. Chesterton, who said, the worst moment for an atheist is when he's really thankful and has no one to thank. Hmm. Well, we know who to thank by the grace of God. Uh, But now you're taking us, I think, to the second ingredient for a happy Thanksgiving. We need something to be thankful for. And that's what Paul reminds us of in the rest of the scripture here, Mike, with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, Colossians 1, 11 to 14. Yes, in 3 verse 15, Paul commands us, be thankful. But that verse doesn't come in a vacuum. We can't be thankful unless we have something to be thankful for. The Bible doesn't just bark at us, be thankful, be thankful. No, at this year around Thanksgiving store that is the letter to the Colossians, God reminds us again and again of all that we have to be thankful for. And the key to having a happy Thanksgiving is remembering all these things one by one. So are you feeling ungrateful? Listen, you can't change yourself into a grateful, happy person just by barking at yourself to be thankful. If I keep looking at how unthankful my heart is, I'll get even more unthankful and grumpy and discontent. I need to look outside myself to what I have in Christ to be grateful. So to help us, I want us to look in three directions. And of course, it's really this passage that is getting us to do this. It's telling us first, look look behind you to the past. It says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son. So that's the past. He delivered me from an awful evil realm, the domain of darkness. Uh, many of us might, might picture those dear people in Afghanistan trying to escape ISIS rule by hanging on to an airplane's landing gear in, in recent months. Now, ISIS rule is only one expression of the horror of Satan's reign. An older expression, going back thousands of years now, was Pharaoh's evil regime over Israel in in Egypt, in Exodus. And and what God has done to every Christian is what God did to those Israelites back then. He, He picked us up and he rescued us from that reign of terror. And in the case of us Christians, he rescued us from that reign of terror that would have eventually led to our eternal demise in hell and in the lake of fire. He, he saved us from hell. And then the verse goes on, he transferred us into a very different kingdom, the kingdom of his beloved son, the son of the father's love. The difference between these two domains, these two kingdoms is as, is as different as night is today. We have been brought out of darkness and into light. We've been brought out of a realm of hatred into a realm of love. We've been brought out of a reign of evil to one of righteousness out of a place of slavery into glorious freedom. We have been rescued from hell and put on our certain way to heaven. 
And so we can look behind us to the past and see many, many things to be thankful for. But even closer to hand, we can secondly look at the present. What do we have right now? What do I have right now that can inspire thanksgiving in my heart? Well, verse 14 says that he's transferred us into the kingdom of his, his dear son. And then it says, in whom, in that son, in whom we have redemption. Right now we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Again, this is another echo of the Exodus story. In Christ, we have redemption. We've been set free. We've been delivered from our slavery and all our sins are forgiven. That's something that if you're a believer, you have right now to be thankful for. And so there's something in the past, there's something in the present, but then you can also look ahead into the future. There's something in the future to be thankful for. And, and what is it? It says there in one of those early words that Matthew read, it says, the Father has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So this is something to look forward to in the future. The Father has qualified me to be his child and to share in his inheritance. One day, we believers will inherit the new heavens and earth and reign over them all with the Lord Jesus Christ. Good, Mike. So there's a, a couple of ingredients you have given us in a happy Thanksgiving uh, spiritual feast. You could say it's better than it's better than turkey and what do you guys say, stuffing or dressing where you are? Uh, we say stuffing, I think, but yeah, dressing too. Oh yeah. If you had my mother's dressing, you'd know why you'd call it dressing. It's great stuff. But uh, give us a third ingredient, a spiritual ingredient for a, a happy Thanksgiving, please. Sure. The third thing we need is a little incentive to be thankful. So first one was someone to give thanks to. Second was something to be thankful for. And now thirdly, a little incentive to be thankful. And, and Paul gives us a beautiful incentive to be thankful in these verses. So, so in the context, these verses are part of Paul's prayer for the Christians. And he's telling them what he prays for when he prays for them. And, and this is what it is. He says that he's asking God to fill them with the knowledge of God's will so that they can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord Jesus, fully pleasing to him. And then Paul lists out four things that, that do please the Lord Jesus, four things that bring great delight to the Lord when we do them. So number one, doing good works. Secondly, growing in our personal knowledge of God. Thirdly, enduring hard times. And then fourthly, with joy, giving thanks to the Father. This verse that we're looking at, this business of, of giving Joyful thanks to the Father is one of a list of items that Paul says brings great delight to the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. I just love this passage so much. There are some simple little things that we can do as Christians that bring enormous pleasure to the heart of Christ. And one of them is just the simple action of thanking the Father. C.S. Lewis talked about becoming ingredients of the divine happiness to know that not only am I positionally pleasing to God because I'm accepted in Christ, but to also know that when I start to make little steps of progress in walking in his ways, he also takes pleasure in those steps. Maybe I could illustrate it this way. When, when Helen and I had our first daughter, we were pleased with her just because she was ours. Uh, but, but then came the day when she took her first step. And guess what? We were pleased with that. In both ways, we were pleased with her. We were pleased with her because she belonged to us. That was something positional. But we were also pleased in, in her practically as she grew and made progress and, and got stronger. 
in both of those ways, she was an ingredient in our happiness. So it is with our God. He delights in us, not just because we are his, but he also loves it when we take our first little steps. And one of those steps that fills the heart of Christ with joy is this, when we go to the Father and give him our thanks. So how's that for an incentive to be thankful? To know that when I do just take a moment to pause and give joyful thanks to the Father, I am becoming an ingredient in Christ's divine happiness. That is excellent is what that is, Mike, and I appreciate that analogy with your daughter's first steps. Good way to illustrate that point. And so I feel the need to say thank you for this recipe for a happy Thanksgiving, but I know it's not ultimately you that I am thanking, but our Father for giving us the scripture that you've opened up to us. Let me just summarize this for our listeners now. If you want to have a happy Thanksgiving day or any day of the year, since it's always right, we're to be thankful in all circumstances. Let's mix in these three things and stir them all together. Number one, remember who you have to be thankful to, the Father. God is our Father. Number two, remember what you have to be thankful for, even when it seems at times like there isn't much to be thankful for because maybe you're going through some really hard circumstances, and I know some of you are right now. Do remember that you can always give thanks to the Father for your having been rescued from hell and sin and Satan and death in the past and the possession of redemption and the forgiveness of our sins that we know in the present and the hope of sharing in the new heavens and the new earth in the future. Thirdly, remember the incentive you have. Remember that when you take time to be thankful, you are bringing great joy to the heart of Christ. He loves to hear your thankfulness. He loves it when we give thanks to the Father. In fact, our going to the Father with gratitude and praise is the whole reason the Lord Jesus suffered and died for us, right? Peter says this, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. 1 Peter 3, 18. Good wrap up, Matthew. Yes, he died to bring us to God. And when we come to God in thanksgiving, uh, we, we fulfill in a sense the, the very purpose for which Christ died. So great wrap up. I think it would be fitting though for us to close this episode with some thank yous of our own Matthew. Um, we've been at this Practicology podcast for uh, getting close to a year. And there's just many people that come to my mind that I, I want to say thank you for to the Father. Is there anyone that comes to your mind, Matthew? Well, we have to say a big thank you to Daniel Barber in St. John's. This wouldn't have happened without his technological expertise in getting us set up online to do this for sure. So thank you, Daniel. Yeah, wasn't Daniel amazing? I mean, he went extra mile and another extra mile in, in getting us set up and just writing out instructions for us and making it so even you and I could do this. And I also think of Jacinth Solomon, a friend of mine who uh, did some, some initial graphics for us and designed the logo and, and made our webpage look a lot more beautiful than if you or I had done it, Matthew. Yeah, that is for sure. And uh, Alison Flint, who has taken over some of the technological work for us now in uploading and in managing the social media accounts and doing a great job with that. And we appreciate it very, very much. Thank you, Alison, for the work that you are doing behind the scenes. Yeah. And then those of you who've commented or shared uh, one of the tweets or Instagram posts or Facebook posts or whatever, thank you. Thank you for, I think there's uh, been maybe 37 or so people who've given a rating and a couple people who've left a review. There was a, a recent review 
just a week or two ago done. That was very positive. And so we're so thankful to you as well. And to our listeners, uh, to everyone listening, thank you so much. And finally, to our Father for just giving us this little opportunity to do this. We're so thankful and grateful for all of these good gifts. Happy Thanksgiving to each one of you. Yeah, and thank you, Mike, again for this teaching today. And we thank you, listeners, and hope that you will tune in again next time to the Practicology Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, and have a great day. God bless, everyone. Bye.